This is Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review speaking with Willie Bird. Some folks say how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing, Mr. Bird, sir? I'm doing good. Doing good. Doing good. One of our mutual friends, I told him I was we had set up an interview and he mentioned, tell me correct tell me if this is correct. When you were in high school, y'all were known as the wrecking crew. <laughs> that is correct, man. That is correct. Okay, so explain that, because you know, I went to Wild Trip. I didn't go to your high school, so tell me what uh what the record crew was all about. Man, it, it just it kind of flew like wildfire through the school, man. Um, you know, we were a, a school and a team that, you know, wasn't really supposed to amount to nothing. So we kind of looked at it as like, man, we were coming in the district to try to record, you know, put our name on the map, put Reagan on the map. So that's what came up with the record crew. And see, when you were in high school, it was Reagan. That's how I know it. It's not Reagan now. It's Heights now. Yeah. yeah Heights high now. Yeah, Heights high now. But do you still... Yeah, you know, when time comes change. Right. So. Do you still own all the records at at, uh, at the high school? No, actually, I, I lost the scoring record to my cousin, Larry Brooks. Okay. He did take my scoring record, but other, everything else is still, still mine. So how tall were you in high school? Explain to me, because this is going back, and what years was, was this? Man, I, I, I graduated in 93. So, you know, this going back, uh, you know, o, 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 over 20 years, seems like. So that shows you how, that both of us are old now, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah so I got the Reagan 89. Um, you know, I've just seen how everything has changed. You know, you hear your parents talk about it. And, and then now you're in that same situation. Yeah. When you were in high school as a as a Houston product, a, a well-known Houston product, did you look at U of H, going to U of H as one of your choices right right from the jump, or you had to be convinced to do it, or, or how did that work? No, but, but my story was actually a little different. Um, I, I wasn't thinking about staying in the Houston area at all. Um but what happened was, and I'll never forget my coach, Coach Stilio, um, back in, I want to say it was 90. Um, you know, when you made the playoffs back then, the big thing was to make it to high final. Right. So to kind of instill in me that, you know, this is where you want to be, um, he took me to the playoff games in high final. So um, I'll never forget, I was sitting um, in the same row as John Thompson. And I was like, wow, John Thompson, you know, I knew him, everybody knew the coach from Georgetown. Mm -hmm. And, um, Milby was actually playing, and they were playing against Willis. And at that time, Milby had, uh, Tim Moore. Okay. And, um, Willow Ridge had Malik Evans and some other guys. You know, those were the big names. Right. And I'll never forget, I'm sitting there, you know, my, in my sophomore year, you know, all the, all I knew was all the pros and everything that came through the funding. So I never really knew about any high school players because I never played AAU or BCI or anything like that. And after the jump ball of that game, never forget, Tim did the jump ball, um, tipped it to the point guard, and they threw Tim an alley-oop right off the jump ball. Mm -hmm. 
and he catches it in midair, turns around backwards, cocks it, and dunks it. I was in awe. Right there. Stop right there. That that play is legendary because I heard about that play. <laughs> I wasn't even there, and I heard about that play. Chris, I was in awe. <laughs> and I was like, man, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, time goes on. My, my name becomes big in Houston. You know, I, 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 don't, I see Malik then later on, uh, you know, when they start playing the pro-hams and things like that. Um, but I'd never seen Tim. Didn't see him at all since that day. Mm-hmm. So I go on my first unofficial visit to U of H. I had some other visits lined up that I was going to go to. Um, and Coach Brooks let me know that Tim was coming. And I was like, Tim who? He said, Tim more from Milton. Tim more from Milton. I said, I said he's coming and he's going to do, he going to do what? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I knew he was, I knew he was much older than me. Right. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, he had to play, but we got him and he's coming at the top. I was like, are you serious? He said, yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, I said, well, Tim at the three, me at the two, Gold at the one, Jesse Drain. I was like, man, we might have something here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, right then and there, I was like, man, where I signed? He was like, huh? I said, yeah, man, I'm looking at it because I saw Tim was the best thing I've seen since high school. I said, I played against a lot of guys. I didn't play against nothing like him. I said, hey, if you got income, you give me income. We're going to have a crew. Right. And that, so that, at that time, that was my mindset. And then just to, and to do something for the city. Cause I was like, man, if we can start keeping talented guys like myself and him in the city, you know, we could bring U of H back to the older days. Because I always, at the end of Sunday, I always grew up watching Michael Young, watching Clyde. So, and Richard Williams, you know, they always, you know, talk to me. And, I just started thinking back to those good five slams down the days. And I was like, man, we might be able to recreate something special here. And you went to U of H. How successful was the team? Were you there? How was your time at U of H? This point, like, how was your time at U of H? To be honest with you, man, the, the, the time at U of H was great. Um, I was able to grow as a person, but I, I just kept getting injured a lot at the, at the wrong time. So the basketball side wasn't as good as I wanted it to be or I think it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, there was a lot of things that I know Coach wanted to do with us. And we had a very, very talented team with a whole bunch of great individuals uh, who just couldn't put it off yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, 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 the thing was that all of the, the talent actually stayed. You know, when you got Damon Jones, Galen, myself, uh, Tim, you know, we end up getting Adrian Taylor. We end up getting a lot of great, talented guys from Houston. But we just weren't able to put it all together. When you... I think uh, 90, that, that 92 year was the best year we had. Um, last year, the Southwest Conference finished second. And we really thought we were turning the team and kind of got snubbed. I, I remember that. I want to go back just for a second. You talk about being at Hall Fines in high school for the playoffs. Describe the atmosphere, the crowd and stuff, because folks don't know. Folks listening right now don't realize Hall Fines was a place to be for high school basketball playoffs. Man, it was, it was, you know, you have people that, it's like going to Toyota Center for 
uh, a game seven playoff game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, when you made it to Hawthorne, that's, that was what you wanted to do. It wouldn't, it wouldn't stay with Houston. It was just getting to Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. If you could get to Hawthorne, you, you kind of made it. I mean, you had, you know, your whole, not your school, but your whole neighborhood, uh, people that went to, you know, like my school, except Reagan or High Tide now, been around for a long time. But you had people that came out to the playoff games that went to school there, you know, in the 60s, 70s. You know, um, when, when Reagan was first founded and opened, that was coming out to these playoff games. I mean, it was, it was wall to wall. Uh, and uh, I don't think Hawkeyes had enough seats to hold off people that would come to those playoff games. Yeah, it was standing room only. Yeah. I, I, I mean, <laughs> the fire marshal had to, had to, uh, to keep folks out a few times. So yeah. 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 So that, that was, the, that was a big thing in the city. Um, back then was if you make, if you made it to high fines, you made, you was going to be on the grand stage. Now, when you finished, when you left, were done playing college ball at U of H, what'd you do? Where'd you, where'd you go? Well, I played professionally overseas for like 10 years. So, uh, my first starter, I went to a league called the USDL. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was drafted by a team in Tampa. Uh, Tampa Bay Windjammers played uh, semi-pro there. It's like a, you know, you start there before you go to the CBA. Then um, I'm going to go to the CBA in Yak. Um, but I decided to go back to school and not play for a year. Okay. And then, um, like a lot of guys did, you know, playing in the fun league. You know, at that time back then, there was no lifetime fitness, 24s. If you could play, you had to come through the fun direct. Right. So, um, around one o'clock, um, I was actually working for the city, but I was playing against a lot of clothes, Catino Mole, Sam there, Mario Ellie. Um, so when he was playing with the pros, um, it was agents all over. Okay. Um, I went out there and played, and I got a member from U of H, and he's like, Willie Bird. And I said, yeah. You know, he had a suit on and everything, looked real professional. And um, he was like, man, what'd you do last year? And I just went back to school, finished up. And um, he was like, uh, well, you still interested playing ball? Looks like you still who? I was like, yeah, I still play. And he was like, man, you want to go see? And I was like, go you do what? He's like, play basketball. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And then he said, um, you got your passport? Which I, I did. And I said, yeah, I got my passport. He was like, man, I want to send you to Columbia. I was like, Columbia? I said, Columbia, where the drugs at? He said, yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah, I play basketball in Columbia. And um, he was like, yeah, man, you know, um, uh, and he, he told me and they did everything they said. He said, uh, I can get you about 6000 a month. And I was like, really? He said, yeah, they'll give you 3000 as soon as you get off the plane. Then you'll get your other 3000 at the end of the month. So uh, he told me that on a Monday. Um, I gave him my number. He called me back on Wednesday. I was on the plane Thursday, and I was playing the game on Saturday. It happened that quick. How many, how many games did you play in a month? Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and we traveled on Monday. So, uh, taking in that with a twelve game. Okay, yeah. So twelve games because we played every we played every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
and then I'm, I travel. Uh, Monday day was travel day, and then Tuesday we was off, and then we practiced Thursday, and uh, flew out to play again on Friday. Was that summertime here? Like, was that July, August, or was that in the fall? No, it was in the fall. Okay. It was in the fall. Um, Columbia League was in the fall. And um, the league was actually, when we first started, it was real good. Uh, you had two separate divisions. So you played in. So you started off with about 10 teams on each side, with 20 teams. So. Um, and then as you played uh, about a month and a half, two months, and two teams from each division would fall off. Okay. They had a, 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 a like a round robin of 16. Okay. So those 16 teams would play each other. And then, um, you got down to the, to the best four. And then those four would play in the playoffs. So you came up with the, the two and the one. So it was actually a real, real good league. Um, I played there for like, I'm gonna say like three seasons. Then I went to um, Brazil, um, Venezuela, um, did a little spin in Israel. Um, Brazil was where I stayed probably the most. I did like three, four years there. Did you have any problems like, anywhere? Come home. With like what, getting in and out of the country? Or? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that, getting getting paid all the time or, you know, or anything. I mean, any, anything well, negative. One, one, yeah, one one country, um, and that it was Columbia, like my I want to say my when I went back there, um, but that's because they had a lot of stuff going on with the cartels and things like that. But I ended up getting my money all in the lump sum at the end. Okay, but I wasn't getting paid on time like I was supposed. To. As an American, how many Americans were on the squad? Well, when Columbia first started, it was three. Then they moved down to two. So typically, in every country you go to, they're going to have about two Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the big thing is that depending on the teams that you go to, um, you got some teams that's well off, some teams that's starter teams. Um, the starter teams are the one that they may pay the the American or the import, but they won't pay the guy. So you got to try to find a way to make sure you keep those guys happy. But you know, keep those guys happy. You know, you ain't gonna be able to win no game. <laughs> right. That, yeah, that's true. Because they, they feel like they're playing for free, but they see you getting the money. It, it, so it, it was, uh, I played on a couple of things like that. But I, I always tried to ingratiate myself with the, with the culture. Um, because when I went over to Columbia, I actually met my wife who we're with now. Um, so uh, she kind of opened my eyes to, you know, uh, not coming over there and just, being, being by yourself, you know, you can learn and, and move around and learn the culture because, you know, these people ain't going to ask you anything but about three things. Where you from, what's your shoe size, and how tall was <laughs> <laughs> And that was it. That was in every country that I went to. And that, that was, I adopted that, that, little, that little stance, man, and it worked out for me. So did, did you learn Spanish, conversational Spanish, or... Or to speak the language and. Well, you know, I'm also keeping on Spanish. You know, I, I learned uh, enough to get by. Okay. I say that, but I said I had my wife, so she was a great translator for me. <laughs> uh, under, understood. So then you said you went to Brazil and stayed for a while. How was that? Brazil was great. Uh, I loved it. I was uh, in a little place called Bruski, 
it was uh, about a two-hour drive away from a place called Florida Annapolis. Um, that's in Brewski, so it, it's kind of like a German descent town. Okay. Um, but it, I mean, it's just like in the country, man. Everybody knew everybody. Um, you know, one of the places that, uh, you know, you could, hey, go knock on the door, man. I need some sugar. Oh, here you go. You need a whole bag. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, so that, that was, um, you know, I ended up staying there for like, I'm going to say like three years. Um, had a blast. Just couldn't get the team. Um, to that next next level in the league that they're at. So we always qualified to make the league, but we would always be like in the middle of the pack. Were you, as, you know, one of the Americans on the squad, was it added pressure from the fans, from the coaches or the management? You know, you're American, so, you know. Oh, big time. Oh, man. When you, I mean, I, I always tell this story, man. That one time I was in Venezuela, it, it's so funny, you know, um, I, I kind of say um, when you're a basketball player playing in national, it's like legalized prostitution, <laughs> forgive my friends, but yeah. I played in Venezuela one time and um, literally, I've never, never, ever seen this ever happen before in my history of playing basketball. Um, played the first half, went inside, we were down, um, coach screaming and yelling in Spanish. And I see a guy in the corner stretching. I was like, okay, maybe it was a uh, Venezuelan guy that came late and just worked not stretching for the game. But they said, you know, break, let's go back out. Um, they grabbed the other American that was playing with me, told him to stay, and told this other guy to come on. <laughs> so I talked to him. I said, man, he said, what's going on? I said, man, you should they switching out of Americans at half now. He's like, oh, yeah, Venezuela, they do that all the time. What? Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so switched out to another American at halftime. And they uh they sent the other guy home. He played with this other guy. I was like, wow, I was like, wow, man, I said that that's crazy. I've never never seen that before in the game. Did y'all win the game? <laughs> Actually we did end up coming back and winning the game. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good. <laughs> So you you said you played overseas about for about ten years. Yeah. So what did you do after that? Um, well, it was actually kind of funny when I decided to retire. I didn't know what I was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, sitting around, man, and I went to uh, um, a temp agency, um, and they ended up finding me a job in uh, Fulbright, Georgia. So I went in and I thought I was going to work in a, a fax room and I ended up being like a little gopher. Wow. You know, moving around, picking files, things like that. Um, so my field of study was in criminal justice. So uh, I ended up talking to some friends and I ended up applying at the, at the Harris County Juvenile Justice. Okay. So probably about, let's say I did Fulbright for about a year and a half. And then um, after that I got on um, with Harris County. And I did that for like uh, a year and a half. And then I ended up going with KBR like a lot of people did and started working in Iraq and Afghanistan. Okay. So I did that for about three and a half years. And my whole intention after that was to come back and get back on Harris County. And, um, but they ended up having a hiring freeze. And 
uh, ended up seeing a good friend of mine, uh, Big Al Higgs, hadn't seen him in like 10 years. And he kind of talked me into getting into carpet. Okay. It actually worked out pretty good for me. I've been there for now, going on eight years, um, as an internet manager at Automation Dodge and Green. Okay. Throughout, so that's, that's what I'm doing currently. Throughout all this time, did you keep in touch with anybody at U of H in athletics? Uh, I talked to all of the guys. Okay. Oh, well, like, uh, well, you know, Coach Brooks, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, all, we all talked to, you know, my teammates, uh, Tim Moore, Kurt Ford, Damon Jones, Kenya Capers, you know, Galen, uh, Adrian Taylor, Dominique Hardy. We, we, we're all on the group chat now, man, so we talk all the time. Okay. <laughs> you know. Uh, Herschel Wafer. Um, uh, we talk all the time. Um, the, most of the people that I really talked to that was in the athletic department is just, uh, you know, Coach Brooks. Um, that's, re- that's really much, really, really it. But, uh, Blau, you know, um, it's funny, I've been knowing him since he's a kid. Mm-hmm. He used to sleep on my floor. <laughs> and I see him as a coach, man, it's, it's, it's cool because him and my brother grew up together. So. Jermaine, right? That's that's one thing. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> but that's that's one thing. Um, Bilal has he he wanted to do because I met him through uh, John Lucas. But when he yeah. got to U of H, Bilal and I would talk about he all he wanted to reconnect or some in some cases connect former players at U of H with the administration because that's one thing U of H because I'm an alum too. I think, you know, did a poor job for a while of keeping in touch with everybody who, who played there, participated there, graduated, they went, went there, whatever. Cause that's one thing other big time programs are just, you know, really, that's what they do. So Bilal has really yeah, done man, a good job of that. It was a horrible job. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's done exceptional, man. I, I'm, I'm proud of him. Uh, you know, of course, I'm proud of the team. And it, I told, you know, those guys, it was, I felt like we was living everything vicariously for what we didn't do mm-hmm. when we were there too. Then, you know, cause especially in the game, and, you know, I told them all the time, I said, man, don't be laughing, but I remember when you changed your diaper. He just turned and laughed, but, you know, uh, we was, you know, we was doing as many home games as we could. Them because it was something special um, for the city and for the school, but for the former players that 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 you said, man, they you know they never really reached out. Um, I know Coach Brooks uh, did he tried something when um, Coach Dickey was there mm-hmm. to reach out to some of the former players, um, but. The process that Bilal and those guys have now has been real, you know, real, real great and uh, transparent for, you know, all the ex-alumni that have worked there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've been telling as many of my guys that I can, man, you know, it's just a, it's a text, man. 
you know, do the Texas allowed. You know, you got some tickets waiting on you. Yeah. You like for real? Yeah. Well, just come by, see the new, see the new Fertitta Center. It's, it's, it's state of the art. It's awesome. You know, I've been able to tour it, walk around it. Um, you know, and I, and I believe in what those fans are doing over there. You know, what all those guys are doing over there and stuff. Um, it's, you know, it's not only just having the Rockets no more. I think they're going to put U of H back on the map and you're going to have two great sources to go see when it comes to the game of basketball. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the reasons that I reached out to you because I've, I've known you, you know, a long time and, and I've known Bilal a long time and, and I, I hope that chatting with you, I got a plan in mind that I'm saying it on air for everybody who listens to this, that I have a plan in mind. Hopefully I can make it happen to have like a U of H where they now kind of podcast where I talk to former players about their time at U of H and what they're doing now with their, with their lives. I mean, I'm sure some of them are dads. Some of them may be, maybe you have a grandkid, you know, who knows, you know, so <clears throat> all of it. Everybody yeah. I know, we all dads. So yeah, <laughs> you know, I got I got one that's getting ready to go to college right now. So, so we're, all, we're all all dads. Um, I know Tim Tim's a granddad, mm-hmm. so Hershey's um, a granddad. So I know a lot of my guys that came out with I am they they're all you know fathers now doing doing well. So, you know, even look at Galen, see what his son right. did at U of H. So, um, and that's why I say you know I, I told. His son, man, you you have everything, you know, go full something, right? You know, for your dad and as well as the um, guys that were left because we when you were born, you know. So it's it's to see you do so well and be successful, and, you know, you did what your dad could do. You in the history, right? You know, and, and it's, it's, so I mean that that obviously you know never come out of. It. And that's something it's going to be tough for somebody to get that record. Yep. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> you know that's that's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be tough for somebody. The way the game is now, it's going to be tough. Somebody to get that record. So, man, you, you, you put your, your name and your dad's name in the history books in the halls of your life. So, that's why I said I just hope he does well, you know, going, going further. Uh, but he's, he's a smart kid, so I know he'll, he'll, he'll be good. Before, before I guess, what, what do we say? The last, before Coach Sampson's been there, so that's five or six years. Had you been to a, a game before that? You know, since you've been back yeah, in town? Um, yeah, I went, I went, um, when Coach Dickey was there and I went to a couple of games when Coach Penders was there. Okay. Um, you know, cause Coach Brooks has been there the whole time. Right. So, you know, I'd always reach out to him and we would go, but I, I, it wasn't on the regularity like I had been going for the last two years. Okay. You know, I, I was, um, you know, I would go to a game, you know, um, once a year and something like that. But, you know, these last two years, and it wasn't because they became good. It was just because the way they reached out. Sure. I would go to a game, you know, I would go to a game every time I had a chance. When I was off, I would, hey, you know, I tell my wife, let's go to the game. So she put her U of H gear on and we jump in the car and head to the game. And that's, that's one thing I, I think U of H alum administration kind of did a poor job of is they didn't even try 
didn't even ask, you know, yeah. get in touch with anybody, you know, so, <clears throat> excuse me, so it's good. And I, you know, I mentioned to Bilal, I said, you know, man, just ask. <laughs> I mean, some of these dudes yeah. just want people to contact them, speak to them, let them know that they haven't forgotten about their time at U of H. So it's good to see that. Well, man, what are your thoughts on Fertitta Center? You know, coming from somebody who's been there all my life and that, that, you know, has really been through Hawthorne <laughs> and to see what that center is now, I was, yeah. I was in shock. You know, because I, I even had a chance to go to it as they were still building. So um, to see it when they opened and to see where it was when they started from the ground up, you know, my mouth just dropped. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Um, but I was telling uh, me and a couple other guys talking. I was like, well, one thing they didn't lose, they go that old tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. I said the tunnel. I said the tunnel's still there, so they still got that tunnel. But you know, it's it's good that everything is really, really separated now. Where you got the men's locker room, where they don't have to run up the tunnel. But you still, you know, you got the visitors where they got to run up the tunnel. So I kind of like that. Yeah. Describe to me your your thoughts of the atmosphere last season after the center at the home games. Oh man, that's all the You know, the only thing I used to I used to tell everybody I hated when ESPN came because it didn't matter if it was football or or or, or basketball. I like like how we lost to you you at UCF. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, every time every time you ESPN come and we get right on the cusp, we, we end up taking a hell. But uh, you know, it was outstanding. I was telling my wife, I was like, uh, this is the atmosphere that I envision when I signed it. I wanted to be like this, mm-hmm. you know. But when we were going in, you know. Um, we didn't have people coming to the game. And the great thing is Coach Danson and his, his family, because his daughter is outstanding. She does so much stuff for those kids and for us um, as former alums that it, that nobody's ever done uh, for, for us there. But they've reached out to not only bring in uh, alumni, but they've even reached out to the Rockets. And, you know, you, know, you see Capella at the game. You see... You know, Eric Gordon, who played for us, and so mm-hmm. he's at the game. But you'll see Harden at the game. You'll see Chris Paul at the game. You know, and, uh, you know, it make them honorary coups. But, you know, when you bring other people out like that, it brings other people. You know, you see Astros players at the game. Right. You know, we, we, ne- we never saw that when we were there. You know, we see, we see Drexel and Lajuan, you know, one, one, once when we play like Arizona, play a big school, but, you know, they, they went there. Right. So, you know, they were always going to come. But when you start getting, reaching out and getting other resources, um, of, you know, the Astro, the Texans players, you know, to, to come to the U of H games, <laughs> you know, that, that's huge. Right. And, uh, and Fertitta's done that, and Samson's done that, and Bilal, and Coach Price, and, um, you know, um, Coach Samson's whole family. And they're, they're, they're creating a, a, a culture. Um, that's putting Eastern basketball, you know, on the same stratosphere with the Kentucky, 
you know, and the Duke mm-hmm. and things like that. And I, I'm, I'm happy that he, you know, decided to stick around. Yeah, which goes to my next question. Yeah, I'm about to wrap it up with you, man. Thank you for taking some time. Talk to me in the group chat. I'm actually sure you any time for you, brother. I appreciate it. <laughs> I really do. In the group chat, did, did y'all or did you bring up, did anybody bring up the news when Coach Sampson stayed and signed the extension? Did, did y'all talk about that at all, about what it meant for the program? Well, I, I, I kind of knew, um, not, not by no inside source or anything like that. It's just a, a vibe. Um, when they won Conference USA, um, I didn't have a big, big talk to Samson. You mean the American? I, I just, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, the American Conference. Yeah. And um, I, I ended up just asking it and telling it. I said, man, don't don't go nowhere. I said, the U of H can we pay you the money? And he just smiled at me and said, I ain't going nowhere. You know, <laughs> yeah. when you start thinking about it, man, he, he's, He's, he's kind of rooting himself in what we call the U of H law. Mm-hmm. You know, he's becoming a, you know, Gavi Lewis, which, you know, nobody will ever surpass what he's done here. But when we talk about coaches at U of H, you got Gavi and who else is next? Right. And I think Samson's going to be that guy to be next. And I, I think he knows that. And, um, you know, to me, everything he's done so, so far, whatever that he's been, he, you know, he's already going to be um, in the Hall of Fame. So, um, but by him taking Houston, which is, you know, one of the largest cities in the world, and, you know, putting us on the map with the elites, which we probably should have never filed, fell off anyway with all the talent you got in the city. True. Um, you know, so I was happy. I was happy that he was able to get um, Quentin Grimes come back uh, we'll have to wait a year but he's a special talent and I see them um, getting a lot of guys that's gonna say man I don't have to leave and go to do look what Samson's doing right here in the city you know so it allows um, you know your parents not to have to fly you know way over there right man you can come just like you come to my high school game you can come to my college game you know, so because we've got a lot of talent in this city, and um, I think with him staying there with that contract, he's going to be able to keep a lot of talent. And you see what um, Penny did at Memphis, right? End up getting the number one recruiting class by keeping, keeping local guys, local talent. You know, and we 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 should be able to do the same. We should have been able to do the same a long time ago. That's a whole that's a whole nother dis- discussion right there, man. About Mm-hmm. What what we as alums are allowed to happen in the U of H program to fall off, you know, that's a whole other discussion. Now we could talk about yeah. that over some adult beverages and stuff, you know, about what <laughs> what went wrong there. But yeah. I'm I'm glad that that uh, you and the guys keep in touch and and y'all are reconnecting with the program. And I may lean on you to uh, help arrange me get in touch with some of the fellas so I can talk to them for the for these podcasts because I think. It, it could be something that's really fun and, and beneficial for everybody. Every everybody who's a basketball fan and everybody who remembered those guys and they hooped at U of H about what they did then and what they're doing now. So Willie Bird, man, I, I thank you hey, once yeah, again. Lean on me, man. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm here for you. So I'll, I'll, I'll see you in the fall when the season tips off again. And once again, thank you for taking time to talk to me. And is there anything you want to 
throw out there that we didn't uh, touch on? No, oh, man, you know, I just said we ain't got to wait till the fall. We'll get we'll get together before that. Okay. I got your number now, so I'll be shooting you a text and bugging you when I got some free time. Okay, sounds good, See man. what you're doing. All right. Yeah, so uh, other than that, man, like I said, we're going to say go Cougs. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, man, I, I appreciate you reaching out and giving me an opportunity to, to talk about everything that's, you know, going on currently and in, in, in what went on in the past. It's enjoyable, man. I said anything, anytime you need something, man. You know, I'm just a phone call away. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll keep in touch. You take care. You too. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.